Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sea Change Podcast. I am your host, Jenna Valente, and this is your go-to show to learn about the most inspiring people living, working, and recreating along the American shorelines. And today we have a very familiar face, or I probably should say voice, for the podcasters out there as this is uh, his fourth appearance on one of my shows. So for those of you that listened to the Surf Sales Seafood series this summer that featured three of my friends taking a trip of the lifetime uh, up the coast of Maine and learning about sustainable seafood and having some really amazing adventures along the way, Um, You probably are familiar with Willis Brown because he was one of those friends that was on that sailing adventure. Um, And since they all got back, Willis has been up to something really interesting. And we are going to discuss his new venture today. So without further ado, Willis, thank you for joining me. It's nice to see you. Nice to see you as well. Thanks for having me again. Yeah. So also for listeners, this is a really special episode because... Um, most of the past year plus our interviews have been remote and Willis and I are actually sitting here in person together so this is a real treat (laughs) (laughs) I'm like oh I see some other human beings I know I have to like remember how to interact with people socially that are not in my like COVID bubble But yeah, I mean, it's so great to see you. Um, I'm really excited to share uh, your your new your new business venture with all of our listeners. But I think for those of you that maybe aren't as familiar with Willis as I am, or those that listened to the mini series this summer, um, it'd be worth our while spending a little time getting to know you a little bit better. Um, so will you start off by telling me a little bit more about your backgrounds, the path that you took to get to like maybe the sailing adventure? So like, where did you go to school? Where are you from? Yeah. So I grew up um, about 45 minutes north of Boston, um, a small, small town called Manchester. And... Is this the famous Manchester by the Sea? It is. It is. (laughs) I love that movie. (laughs) So I still haven't seen the movie ever. I was was told it was uh, too depressing. Yeah. Yeah. But I think what I value about it, and not to get us off on a tangent about (laughs) the Casey Affleck film, but like... I like that it's real and not every movie has to have a happy ending because life doesn't plan out that way. So anyway... (laughs) Another reason not to watch it. (laughs) (laughs) If you want to be depressed and feel melancholy, watch Manchester by the Sea. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thankfully growing up there was was mostly just good times. And uh, yes, we, you know, grew up spending a lot of time in the ocean and... Um, surfing with my older brother and my dad and um, yeah just spending a lot of time getting acquainted with the with the ocean and um, a lot of times skiing as well which actually took over my life for a while and brought me to um, high school and then brought me out to Colorado 
where I was skiing and going to the University of Boulder. And then, you know, that kind of became a little bit of a job for a while and traveling around, skiing in contests, skiing in the backcountry. And we had a few plans last winter to make some film projects that were sort of uh, depicting the connection between the ocean and the snowfall and the, the hydrological weather cycles um, amongst the two or, or uh, connecting the two and connecting humans to it all. And because of COVID, we were unable to do that. So we kind of took a little turn in the road and decided to come home because all three of us are from different areas of the Northeast. And when you say we, you mean Spike and Ben. Spike and Ben, yeah. So for listeners, Spike and Ben are, um, they round out the trio that was featured in the Surf Sail Seafood miniseries. Yep, yeah. So Ben is uh, actually from pretty much down the road from me, and Spike is a Jersey boy. <laughs> and so, yeah, we got together and went on this sailing trip that was uh you know as you know from the surf sail seafood series was quite an adventure and a really uh really fun project that actually is now a film that will be releasing in the next couple of weeks with outside tv it's super exciting and i'm i'm sure i'll be posting all about it on my social media pages so people can keep an eye out for it there and before we wrap up the show willis will share how you can follow along with him too so um, keep an eye out for that because it's really going to be a special look at uh, the main coast and some really important issues there and you'll get to meet some really cool characters uh, that they all got to know along the way and i might be biased because my dad is one of those people I'm also one of those people, <laughs> but um, other than me, there are some really great people that are featured in the film. Um, yeah, so I heard you mention your connection to surfing and skiing, and even though I would love to be a surfer, I've tried it, I'm horrible at it, but I'll probably keep at it. On the flip side of it, I love skiing. I've grown up, like I, my brother and I grew up skiing. And I feel like both of those sports have, it's like something that spans beyond just the physical activity. Um, there is like a deep connection that you have with nature, uh, partly because you rely on like a healthy, clean environment to be able to enjoy doing those things. But will you talk like a little bit about like what surfing and what skiing, like what does that mean to you and what is that experience like and in terms of how it connects you to the outdoors. Yeah, I think both of them are naturally just really integrated into nature, like you said. And when you're surfing, you're spending probably 95% of the time just sitting in the water waiting for waves to come. And when you're skiing, you're waiting for snow to come uh, if the snow is already there, you're getting up onto a mountain. A lot of times you're in the trees. You might be 
hiking out in the backcountry. So you're incredibly in tune with what's going on around you because you have to be. And there's also no other choice because there's, you know, you don't have your phone, you don't have computers, all these things that distract us in everyday life are all kind of put to the side and you're just completely not alone, but just you're, you're in the elements and you're where you want to be. Um, and for a lot of surfers, that's somewhere just in the ocean with hopefully not many people around. Mm-hmm. And for skiers, that might be somewhere deep touring in the backcountry or just on your local hill. Either one, you're, you're sliding around on snow or you're sliding on a wave and both are, um, it is very connected to your surroundings. Yeah, I also feel like, like for me, at least with my experience skiing, it's like one of the most euphoric feelings that you can have. Like just the act of skiing and being in this like, like incredibly beautiful place. And it's always, even if you go to the same mountain, it's like the same mountain, but every day is different and you're way up high and have this incredible view of everything that's around you. And depending on like what the weather is doing, it's like a moving art piece almost. Like every day is, is just like a new form of something beautiful. And I kind of think about it as like in college, especially I would go skiing like every weekend at Sugarloaf or Sunday river. And like for something to be moving and like fun enough for a bunch of college students that are like up until like two in the morning, like to wake up at like five or 6am and like drive an hour and a half to go (laughs) do something like it has to be like, the most incredible experience and like well worth it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that it's, it's so much more than just like strapping on some like skis and throwing yourself down a mountain. Yeah. No, I, <laughs> it I think it's to your soul. It's super cool how they're both kind of a, uh, combination of runs throughout your session or your day. And after each run or after each wave, you reset for a little bit, whether that's hiking back up the mountain or the chairlift or paddling back out in the ocean. And it's a really cool time to laugh and giggle and hoot and holler about the run or the wave you just had. But also, on the other hand, kind of take a breather and look around. And and I think that's one of the parts that is really cool for the connection to nature. Um, and that's, uh, that's something that is unique and special to both surfing and skiing. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and CoastalNewsToday.com are brought to you by LJA Engineering. With 28 offices along the Gulf Coast, the folks at LJA Engineering are at the top of the craft in the areas of coastal restoration, coastal infrastructure, rivers and channels, numerical modeling, disaster recovery, and design and construction oversight. Be sure to check out their brand new Coastal Resilience Department, headed up by ASPN's own Peter Ravella. Find them at LJA.com. Be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter at CoastalNewsToday.com for daily updates on the events and news that shape the coastal discussion. Want to support the discussion and promote your company? We have sponsorship packages available now. Email me to learn more at Chloe at CoastalNewsToday.com. 
That's C-H-L-O-E at CoastalNewsToday.com. Hope to hear from you and enjoy the show. And would you say that your experience with surfing and skiing are like your big motive, your motivators for doing what you do now, which is like your drive to protect the planet and what you're doing with Sea Green Sustainables, which we'll, we'll get into shortly. Is that like, are those experiences like the, the big moments that sort of open your eyes to the importance of protecting the planet? Or are there other things that um, you experienced growing up that sparked that in you? Yeah, I think that those are definitely the biggest drivers for sure. Because, you know, when you have really long, really deep winters growing up, or you have generally colder water and more sea life and more seaweed and all these things that you notice just by being out in the water and being out in the mountains. When you see that over time, like decrease, you, you naturally become kind of motivated to make an impact or, or reverse what's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is something that is, um, is really important to me just because yeah, of those, those activities and seeing what happens firsthand because I'm not a scientist, you know, I, I don't, I don't have all this data, but being out there for my whole life in these two different areas, it's something that's completely obvious to you. Yeah, I think you touched on something really important too in that so many people are not scientists in like the classic sense, but they're out in whatever region that they live in and they can see the difference and the changes that are happening in their own backyards or their, the places that they love to visit. And just being able to observe that is like its own form of like informal data in a way. Um, and I think that that is a really important thing for people to do is just to take note of like what's happening around you and how can we, like, what can we do to, to either stop the flooding or the temperatures from rising or just like, what can we do to help? Um, but I'm interested to hear like, what are some of the things that like, have you, like, what are the big things that you've noticed from being out on the water or skiing? Like, are there climate impacts that are, are like in your face or things that have been really, um, like that you just noticed over time that are changing, that are concerning to you? I think for the skiing aspect, you definitely notice, you know, certain areas of the planet just having fewer and fewer storms and less and less snowfall and places that you used to ski all year long just you know might not even have snow anymore and in the ocean i think you see everything from less fish to um warmer and warmer waters and that causing certain species to go further north um you might have less kelp and seaweed growing in certain areas or if it is it's not as healthy anymore because of all the acidification and i think that a lot of those things become obvious when you're 
sitting in the water. And, and to what you said before, I think that people naturally want to protect the places and the things that they care about. And so when you like to do certain things, you become more in tune and more motivated to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, so now I want to hear more about Sea Green Sustainables, <laughs> um, which has been a project of yours, I guess. This is like what you've been working on since you got off the boat or maybe even sparked and like started working on it when you were on the boat. Yeah. So it, I think I had the light bulb moment on the boat for sure because I realized exactly what I wanted to do. I saw the name and I saw the product and everything in my head. And it took me a while after that to get things dialed because we got back and COVID was happening and all these other things going on in life. Um, But when I finally sat down, it only took, you know, a couple weeks to dial in what I wanted it to look like, you know, what packaging I would use, which is um, some upcycled biodegradable compostable paper that we package everything in, including the uh, box itself and the protective filler that we put inside the package. And then combining that, like, and finding the formula was really just self-experimentation until uh, something tasted right, had all the health benefits that were necessary for a product like that. And then, you know, just trying trying to get people to try it and buy it and support what we're doing. So you describe the product and um, my understanding is that kelp is a, a major aspect of the product. Um, so will you also explain why kelp is so healthy? Yeah. So kelp is um, definitely the, it is the foundation of the product. The product is a kelp based coffee alternative, which essentially means it's a a powder mix or powder formula that can replace your coffee. It can mix with your coffee. It can mix with your smoothie, milk for a latte. Um, You know, some people sprinkle it on top of their granola bowls. Um, But kelp is something that I found to be exactly what I had been searching for to start a company, which is something that is both helpful for humans and helpful for the planet. So I wanted, I wanted a way for people to improve their personal health while actively being stewards of the environment. And this product allows them to do that because health I'm sorry, kelp is one of the 
world's greatest sequesters of carbon. It can actually sequester up to 20 times more than land-based trees. Uh, it has super powerful ocean deacidification uh, strength and uh, abilities. And also it just creates habitat for fin and shellfish and bivalves. And so everywhere it is, it essentially makes the water healthier and cleaner it helps take carbon out of the atmosphere and it's incredibly helpful and healthy for all the humans who yeah and, and kelp forests are like amazing habitat too for wildlife so exactly fully team kelp over here yeah <laughs> um so will you talk a little bit more about like what other ingredients are in it and why and then um, there's like this word adaptogens that <laughs> is on the packaging um, that I had no idea what it was until I looked it up, obviously, before I talked to you. And then I was talking to you a little bit more about it before we started recording. But I'm sure a lot of other people are wondering, like, what else is in it? And what are these these adaptogens? It like sounds like they'll give you like superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it feels like they do. Yeah, so... Um, the ingredients are kelp, cacao, turmeric, reishi mushroom, ginger, cinnamon, and ashwagandha mushrooms. And the reishi and ashwagandha are both adaptogens, which basically means that they are natural herbal pharmaceuticals and they counteract um, things that would cause stress in the multiple systems in your body um, and allow you to have more cognitive function, focus, energy without this sort of zing and jitters that you get from coffee. And it's, it basically just like acts as an overall anti-inflammatory for your body. Um, the turmeric and cacao and cinnamon, especially the cacao, um, offers you a little bit of a very small amount of caffeine so that you have some sustained energy throughout the day, but still no crash. And then, yeah, the, the combination of all of them together really after, you know, weeks into months of experimenting really, you know, led me to a place where I could have one cup in the morning. Maybe just because I like the flavor, I would have more throughout the day, but it wasn't necessary the way that you often need that 2.30 or 3 o'clock coffee to power through the rest of your day. And did you drink coffee before? Like, do you drink coffee now? Do you, did you drink more coffee before this? or I drank a lot more coffee before, and now... I only have coffee if, you know, I'm running on absolute fumes and have some kind of place to get or something <laughs> where you I need know the caffeine I, boost. Yeah, yeah, just that absolute boost, and you know, don't want to drink a Red Bull or something. <laughs> but uh, but no, for for my overall health and daily routine, every morning I just solely drink sea green. Nice. Yeah, it's like. 
it's like taking care of your internal ecosystem while like buying a product that is also taking care of the external like world global ecosystem yeah and we uh you know we try to minimize waste across the board you know from the packaging to the sourcing to um delivery methods everything we're trying to learn as we go to make sure that we essentially get better with every step of of the product and one of the things that we're really proud of is uh our commitment to the one percent for the planet organization and also um our buy one plant 10 model which means that for every sea green sold we are going to um help plant and donate 10 kelp seedlings to farms in maine because that's we source all of our kelp in maine and uh, <laughs> I'm like sitting here smiling. I'm like, yes, Maine. <laughs> I didn't even bring it up this time. <laughs> well, that's and that's been huge for huge for us because you know this this all came about from sailing the waters of Maine and surfing and eating kelp off some of these remote islands. You know, when we were starving and had nothing else to eat. <laughs> And yeah, wait, we'll pause there for a second because part of this journey, in, a, in addition to like stopping into sustainable seafood places and meeting local fishermen, along the way, you all were sustaining yourself from things that you caught on a boat. Yes, yeah, we we're doing that as much as possible. And um, a couple of the days that meant diving down and harvesting kelp and drying it on the lifeline and chopping on it which was really satisfying and also in the end brought us to where we are now yeah it like started this whole business that you've you've embarked on I think that's so cool <laughs> thank you um yeah so you've you've touched on it a little bit but will you walk me through the operation of like how is this made like where do you source your ingredients and materials from and and just sort of like walk me through what that process is like yeah, so the kelp is all sourced from Maine. We have a few different partners up there, and we're looking to um, expand that as we grow. And some of the – not every kind of kelp, you know, gets milled, and um, so it's something that we've learned a lot about along the way, but we're – Super thankful to have a couple great partners up there. And for the rest of the ingredients, we're basically constantly trying to source from different organic and local when possible um, farmers and people who basically have ways to supply us with it because it's it's an imperfect practice right now, but we're learning as we go and super excited to hone that in over this first year. Yeah. And so what I'm hearing is that you have some partnerships already, but you are actively seeking additional partnerships and new partnerships. So I just wanted to flag that for listeners in case you are interested in partnering with Willis we will share how to get in touch with him <laughs> by the time this episode wraps up. 
Um, but yeah, partnerships are so key to so many ventures, including this one. Um, you know, just like it, with starting your own business, I feel like it's huge to have partnerships and, and help support your own community and, um, you know, people that have similar like mission, their missions are aligned with yours. Um, but what is like, what is starting your own business been like? I've never, <laughs> I have never tried that. I feel like it sounds really scary, but really amazing and, and cool at the same time. But, um, yeah, just what has that experience been like for you? It's terrifying, to say the least. It's extremely exciting and rewarding and nerve-wracking all at once because some days I'm working 20 hours straight in my little bedroom factory <laughs> and trying to get everybody their orders and trying to satisfy a couple retailers that we have and that is amazing you know seeing people wanting the product and wanting to use more of it and also realizing that I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing <laughs> is is really fun but it's um it's something that has been scary and like I said, rewarding, but also the the hardest I've ever worked on a single project or idea. And at the same time, it never actually feels like work, mm -hmm. which is um, brings a smile to my face every morning when I get out of bed and get back to it. It's so great to, to feel like you have a sense of purpose in what you do. I'm very much that same kind of person. And I think that's why that led me to the career path that I'm on. And this podcast, which it's not starting a business, but it is, I have been learning on the fly very much like you. <laughs> like I didn't host anything before this and it's like scary and exciting all at the same time. And, um, you know, it's just really cool to see people out there like following their passion and, and, um, just doing some good for the world. But, you know, I think you've sort of alluded to some of it, but like, what, like, what are, what are the biggest challenges that you've faced so far in starting your own business? Like, I feel like there's so much that can be learned through challenging times. Um, and I think it's really important to be able to like share those for other people that are interested in, in starting their own business. Yeah. I can honestly say that I more or less learned something new every single day. And organization has been really key, time management, and also just asking people for help because it has been remarkable how many people are willing to give you five minutes or 10 minutes to help you with some code in the back end of your website or a little bit of SEO or someone they know who sources cacao or someone who is a kelp farmer or someone who has, you know, a friend that just started a local health food market that would want to carry it. And it's really cool to work with people and see that they have almost like 
an equal desire to see you succeed. And that's, uh, that's been really uplifting and I guess exciting in general. Yeah. So, I mean, I was going to follow that up with what are some of the most rewarding moments, but I think you already <laughs> beat me there. But do you have any like other rewarding moments from your, your time with this business to share so far? I think just some of the most rewarding times have been hearing from people that they love the product and it has improved their daily lives. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what is your vision moving forward for the company? Like what what are your sights set on? I mean, you know, I, th I think the, the sky is the limit in some sense. But for now, I just want to introduce more and more people to our first product, the Sea Green Morning Blend, and get more and more feedback learn every day, try and get every little nook and cranny dialed and grow slowly and just, you know, um, work with our customers, learn what they like best and work with our partners to increase the amount of kelp in the ocean and reforest the ocean to, you know, help, help the health um, of both people and planet all at the same time. And, uh, how can people stay in touch with you and, and get their hands on this product that we've been talking about? <laughs> so now I'm sure some people are listening to this and they're like, how the hell can I buy this stuff? Um, but yeah, how can people follow along with you and, and Sea Green Sustainables? Yeah. So our website is drinkseagreen.com all as one word. And our Instagram handle is the same at drink sea green. So any questions, um, you can fire an email uh, through the website or send us a DM at drink sea green on Instagram. And yeah, just hope that everyone tries it out and gives us feedback and loves the product because every time, they purchase, they're helping uh, increase the amount of kelp in the oceans. Yeah, and uh, to wrap up my shows, and I feel like I was trying to think about if I've, I've, I don't know if I've asked this on every single time I've talked to you, <laughs> but I think I've at least asked you and Spike this series once. Um, but I'm going to wrap up with the same series of questions again to see if your, your perspectives have changed at all since the last time I had you on. So I always end my shows with like, th it's like three and a half questions just to see like all of the amazing expertise that I have on, like, it's like my last attempt to get some sort of insight and, and, um, tease out some common themes here from our conversation. But, um, we'll start with what do you think is the most pressing environmental challenge that we're faced with? Ooh, <laughs> it's a big one. Um, I don't. I don't really think that I can personally narrow it down to one issue. I think that there are so many different parts of the planet and different groups of people working on different issues in their local environments that if everyone works together 
and works on local issues, uh, then we can we can hopefully reverse the entire climate issue as one. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't I don't know if there's one that's more pressing than the next. I think that we just need to all work together to tackle it as a whole from the local environments to have an impact on the global environment. Yeah, I feel like I view that as like, what is your sphere of influence and like what impact? Like what impact can you have? Like not one single person is going to be able to solve all of these complex issues. So like, I think you're spot on with that, with thinking about like, what can me or you as like one individual, like what can I do to do my part? And then if we all do that, in my like, utopian mind of everybody <laughs> doing that, that would be great. Um, I know it's more complex than that, though. But <laughs> um, So what are you energized about moving forward outside of just the energy that you get from drinking your sea cream? I'm energized about so many things. Um, but I really like that we're seeing a lot more people, you know, think about what they purchase and think about the impact that their purchase has and not really just going for labels anymore, but people want to know where their money goes after they buy a product. And I think that that's a really cool transition um, that we've seen in the consumer because, you know, money talks and when people are active with their dollar and make it count, that's when we begin to see change happen. Conscious consumers. I love it. Um, so this last one is kind of a two-part question. Um, so starting with what is the best advice that you've ever been given? Oh, <laughs> it's a tough one. I sometimes I think about this. And I'm like, I don't even know how I would answer that question because there's so but, much great advice out there. I think uh, two things. Um, my dad has always said to believe in yourself and have faith in the people around you. And I, I, take that with me and one of uh my favorite people i've ever met who is sadly uh not with us anymore but he used to say don't talk about it be about it oh i love that <laughs> and i think i think there are a million ways to interpret that but i think you know just finding something you want to do and taking action is the best way to go about it yeah and, then, and yeah exactly and so on the flip side of that what advice do you have for our listeners oh <laughs> <laughs> i don't think i'm in a place to give anybody it advice. feels weird when people ask you for advice like i feel like now that i'm like i'm 31 and i feel like i have younger professionals that are starting to ask me for advice and i'm like <laughs> You don't even, like, you You don't even want to know. But I'm flattered. But, yeah, I think you are in a place to give advice. It's just, it's like, 
humbling. Um, brush your teeth? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. And remember to brush your tongue. I feel like people, like there are people that don't know you're supposed to brush your tongue. Um, yeah. No, I think, I think uh, if you can, just try and find something that um, blurs the lines between play and work and find something that lights you up so that hard work doesn't seem that bad and you jump out of bed in the morning to do it. That's great advice. I don't know if that's really advice, but... (laughs) Well, it is. We say it is. So now it is. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me again. I feel like we should just have you on like as like a regular series (laughs) featured guest. Um, It's always so nice catching up with you and really excited to see where where this goes and hope that we can check in again and have you back on as a recurring recurring guest. But um, I know you're like making me realize I should have Spike and Ben on as like a each of their own little individual check-in episodes. Well, during, quick, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Just quick shout out. Um, also, thank you very much for having me on. But uh, Ben is uh, close to starting a really cool uh, local beer business up in the North Shore of Massachusetts, uh, in the Salem area. So uh, anyone listening, keep an eye out for Atlantic Coast Suds. Um, and You can follow yeah. him at Sud Sessions on Instagram, too. Yep. He's sort of letting us follow along with his journey. And I feel like most people who listen to this probably know that I live in Massachusetts, so we can gra- <laughs> we can grab a beer. Contrary to popular yeah, belief. as much as I talk about Maine, I don't love to say it, but I do live in Massachusetts. Uh, so, so maybe we could all get together for a beer sometime. Absolutely, <laughs> like my open call to listeners. Someone be my friend. <laughs> but no the whole thing that got me saying that and bringing up spike which we should give a shout out to spike too because he's the um mastermind behind the documentary mm-hmm. that is going to be coming out soon um of your sailing trip yep um he's incredibly gifted and very talented and um so everybody keep an eye out for that we'll be posting about it when it comes out sadly leaving us to cross the pond for an amazing opportunity that he has over there but for the film that we made called the main sale uh, you can follow along um, actually you know probably in the show notes for your podcast we can tell you where but outside TV will be releasing it in the next few weeks I believe yeah, it's very exciting, and um, I'm sure I'll follow up with them as well because it's been really nice to get your a little more like in depth of like getting to know you and your backstory and what drives you. Because as much fun as the surf series and sail and seafood series was, is um, you know they're just like little mini bite sized episodes that were really great. I had a great time, but you only got the little snippet of where you were on the trip, not really a whole backstory of who you all are and why you're all so amazing so this has been super fun (laughs) well thank you for having me (laughs) yeah and i'd also like to thank the listeners if you like what you heard and want to hear more of this show and others like it 
You can find us at the American Shoreline Podcast Network. Wherever you listen to podcasts, subscribes, rates, and reviews are very much encouraged and appreciated. You can also connect with us on social media. We are at Coastal News 365 on Instagram and Twitter and the American Shoreline Podcast Network on Facebook. You can connect with me personally. I'm at Jenna Valente on Instagram and at Yena Benna on Twitter. So connect with us online and let's chat about our beautiful coastlines. Bye.